The Daily 202 is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, January 10th. In today's news, talks to end the government shutdown collapse as the FDA scales back food inspections. Tom Steyer won't run for president. And the Vatican may soon defrock the former archbishop for D.C. But first, the big idea. The White House is beefing up its legal team, big time. It's part of a new strategy to more strongly assert the president's executive privilege in a bid to both contain the potential fallout of special counsel Bob Mueller's coming report and to curtail oversight by House Democrats. The hardball approach is being developed by newly arrived White House counsel Pat Cipollone. He's already hired 17, 17 new lawyers to work in the White House in just the past three weeks. The White House counsel's office was down to fewer than 20 lawyers late last year with Don McGahn's departure, compared with 40 to 50 in past administrations. Since he arrived, Carol Lenig reports that Cipollone has increased the staff to 35 lawyers and aims to get past 40 in the coming weeks. He's also hired three new deputies, all with extensive experience in past Republican White Houses. Cipollone first met Trump when his friend Laura Ingram, the Fox News host, recommended him to help prep for the 2016 debates against Hillary Clinton. Cipollone is coordinating closely with White House lawyer Emmett Flood, who's leading the response to Mueller. Democrats are particularly concerned about whether the White House will use executive privilege to keep private any portions of Mueller's report that addresses alleged obstruction of justice by the president. There's a growing sense that the special counsel's closely held investigation could come to a culmination soon. Some Trump advisors think Mueller could deliver a confidential report explaining his findings to senior Justice Department officials next month. Under the rules authorizing the special counsel, the attorney general can then decide whether to share that report or parts of it with Congress and the public. Some House leaders have vowed to immediately seek to obtain a copy of whatever Mueller finds. But Trump advisors say the White House will resist the release of details describing confidential and sensitive communications between the president and his senior aides. It's unclear whether the special counsel's report will refer to material that the White House views as privileged based on interviews with senior White House officials. Some Trump advisors anticipate Mueller may simply write a concise memo laying out his conclusions about the president's actions and not go farther. However, Rudy Giuliani, one of Trump's personal attorneys, says the president's lawyers have made clear to the Justice Department that they want to see Mueller's completed report before the department decides what to share with Congress. Their aim, Giuliani says, is to have a chance to argue whether they believe some parts should remain private. If the Justice Department agrees with the White House counsel that the reporter portions of it should be withheld, the House could try to subpoena the document. But, Giuliani said, the White House would then go to court to resist its release. So buckle up. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, talks between Trump and congressional Democrats aimed at ending the partial government shutdown collapsed in acrimony and disarray on Wednesday afternoon, with the president walking out of the White House meeting and calling it a total waste of time after Democrats rejected his demand for border wall funding. Furious Democrats accused Trump of slamming his hand on the table in the Situation Room before he exited, And they said he ignored their pleas to reopen the federal government as they continued to negotiate over the wall. With the shutdown nearing the three-week mark, some 800,000 federal workers are about to miss their first paycheck. 
The breakdown left no end in sight to the shutdown, even as its effects continue to spiral. For example, the shutdown has sharply reduced the FDA's food inspections. The agency, which oversees 80% of our food supply, has suspended all routine inspections of domestic food processing facilities. FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb said in an interview that he's working on a plan to bring inspectors back as early as next week to inspect facilities considered high risk because they handle sensitive items like seafood, soft cheese, and vegetables, or they have a history of problems. But it's not clear when or if negotiations to reopen the government will resume. On Saturday, the shutdown will become the longest in U.S. history. And things are getting bad for some federal workers. The Coast Guard sent service employees a five-page list of tips for how they can get through the shutdown without declaring bankruptcy. Among the recommendations, that they consider holding garage sales or working as babysitters when off the clock. Number two, billionaire Democratic donor Tom Steyer announced he will not run for president. Steyer put a team together and had traveled extensively, said he would instead continue with his campaign to impeach Trump. It's an effort that began last year and which he's already spent tens of millions of dollars on TV ads for. The former hedge fund manager wanted to do it, but he said during a speech in Des Moines last night that there just wasn't a path to victory. One of the considerations is that Democrats just aren't looking for a business person to lead them. Meanwhile, we're hearing that Jeff Weaver, who ran Bernie Sanders' 2016 campaign, will take on a diminished role if the Vermont senator chooses to run again, which he probably will. Sources say the decision was made months ago, long before a group of former campaign staffers asked for a meeting with Bernie to create a new sexual harassment policy ahead of 2020. Number three, Vatican investigators have finished collecting evidence in the sexual abuse case of disgraced ex-Cardinal Theodore McCarrick. This indicates that the Catholic Church is moving quickly towards sentencing the cleric in its secretive justice system. The former Archbishop of Washington, who stands accused of sexually abusing three minors and harassing adult priests and seminarians, already has become the first U.S. Cardinal ever removed from that office due to sexual misconduct allegations. Now he faces the prospect of being defrocked, meaning he would lose his church housing and financial support. A person familiar with the investigation says the Vatican required all testimony be completed by the first weekend in January. The transcripts and recording of all those witness statements are now in the hands of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. That's the arm of the church that handles discipline and abuse cases. A source inside the Vatican tells one of the Post's religion beat reporters that the Holy See waited too long to start this process, but that now the case is accelerating. He says they're trying to, quote, make up for lost time. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, January 10th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The Washington Post has a new daily podcast, Post Reports, hosted by me, Martine Powers. Every weekday afternoon, we're bringing you stories about the state of the country, the world, and how we come to know the things we know. Get it now at WashingtonPost.com slash Post Reports.